Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Teachers Books and Wine podcast. I'm Morgan, and you know you're a teacher when you actually want to break into song to introduce yourself, but I won't. I hope you guys are doing great today, and I hope that some of you at least are already on summer vacation. I am sort of on summer vacation. We ended our regular school year last week, but we are in summer session now, so we didn't really get much of a break, but means a new class of kiddos and a new classroom, so it's kind of brand new, which is nice. Get a revamp for the summer. I hope you guys enjoyed this book as much as I did. I can't wait to talk about it. You guys had a lot to say on Instagram, so I think this is going to be a great little chat about the rest of the book, and we are going to dive in. So first of all, I want to acknowledge that I was wrong. If you listen to the part one um, of The Nightingale, <clears throat> I was pretty sure slash relatively adamant that the older woman character was Isabel. Turns out it's not. That's okay. I can admit when I'm wrong. I I do I did think it was Vianne at the very beginning of the book, and then as the book went on, I was sure it was Isabel. Turns out it was Vianne, which is totally for me. I I enjoyed that little twist. I guess it wasn't much of a twist. It was just kind of a mystery. Um, because it showed us her inner thoughts and her inner workings and how she really thought about herself, which I thought was really interesting because throughout so much of the book, she was so unsure of herself and unsure of who she truly was. And I feel like that older character, that older version of her just showed that she really had come into her own and she really did... um, find herself later on whether or not she showed herself is another story but I think she really truly knew who she was inside and clearly regretted the fact that she hadn't shown that side of herself to her family and to her children but I really thought that was a very cool little piece of the puzzle for this story and several of you said that you were going back and forth on who you thought it was, which I'm sure was intentional on the author's part, but thank you for making me feel not so alone and blind because I, the first thing I thought was, wow, I was really uh, sure in that last podcast about who that person was, and now I'm going to have to eat my words, but it's all right. I think the story played out perfectly, and I think that older character was a really awesome addition to the story because it allowed us to see the more modern day um, looking back on that situation and also kind of rounds out the story and ties it all together in the end, especially at the very end when she goes to Paris, obviously. That's kind of the pretty bow on the, on the end of the story, and I think it's a critical part of making us feel like we understand how the story truly ended and what kind of important role both Vianne and 
Isabel played in the war and that it was a big deal even though it was downplayed and they kind of just had to do what they had to do at the time we now know because she went to this big award ceremony that it was important and it was a big deal and there were hundreds of people who lived because of Isabel and you know lots of children who lived because of Vianne and they lived to have families of their own and it really did change people's lives so I loved that part of the the storyline and that character. So one of the things that we noticed in the second half of the story was the evolution of Vianne. We we saw the evolution of Isabel more toward the in the first half of the book but the second half of the book we really got to understand Vianne a little bit better and saw her go from this housewife, mother, kind of a meek little character who really just tried to survive to somebody who brought in their own rebellion and um, hid those children in the orphanage and took Ari from Rachel and really had to step up and sink into the misery and the need of the war. And I was asking on Instagram if you all thought she had this rebel side in her the whole time or if the war forced her to change and brought out a side of her that wasn't a natural side. It made her into this rebel that wasn't her natural sense of who she was. Um, And Kristen underscore giggles said that I think the life of Isabel really hit Vianne and inspired her. There was a quote about that's how the resistance starts with a question and I think that was the turning point but Isabel really inspired Vianne. And I would agree with that. I think she saw her sister and said, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to get myself into um, because I don't have a choice at this point. My sister is doing it and that is the direction that I need to be going because this is a desperate time and desperate measures. So I do think that she looked at her sister and said, okay, it's now or never. And then another one of you all, Stephanie underscore Anne 21, responded to this question and said, I think she was always a strong woman who lacked confidence in her abilities, so conformed to societal expectations for the most part. But she was rebellious in her youth with her relationship with Antoine when they were young. I think the war brought out a need for her to be rebellious, whereas before she didn't have to be. She was safe and secure in her role. And I think that is probably the most important part of this is that, and I forgot about it until she said that, that she was a rebel when she was younger. She got pregnant at as a teenager with her boyfriend and had to run off and get married. That's pretty rebellious back then. And she also had to be really resilient because 
until she ran off with Antoine, she was also getting dropped off in these places like Isabel was. Isabel kind of got stuck in it a little bit longer than Vianne did, but she had to build, Vianne had to build up that tough skin just like Isabel did. And I do think that that part of her was in there the whole time. Um, but she did probably forget about that side of herself for a while because she didn't have to be rebellious after she and Antoine settled down, after she went into the her depression, after her miscarriages, that I think probably dampened her spirit and what was left of her rebellious attitude kind of got shut off and, and tucked away. But I do think it was in there and I think even though it took some digging to get out, um, I think she found that rebellious spirit and that rebellious attitude in the desperate time, and that desperate time drew out that des- desperate measure from her. And then, of course, as we're talking about Vianne's rebellion, we have to talk about Captain Beck and that scene where he goes to find the pilot and he ends up seeing... Isabel in the cellar and I think aside from the scene where Sarah gets shot I think that to me was one of the hardest scenes because I didn't see it coming um and I, I feel like Captain Beck is kind of a sympathetic character um just because he wasn't like all of the other German Nazi men. He wasn't trying to come in and rape, pillage, and plunder. And um, I do think he was a good guy caught up in a bad situation. Um, And then when he was responsible for finding the pilot, I think he was starting to get desperate. I don't know if the answer was killing him um I honestly was kind of sad about that and I asked you guys what do you think would have happened if Vianne and Isabel hadn't killed him do you think he would have reported them or would he have continued to protect Vianne and I for me I feel like he probably would have done what he could. I could see him taking the pilot's body, hiding it by the wreckage, and Isabel and Vianne helping him hide the body, and then him miraculously finding the body so that it saved his own butt and he didn't have to turn in Isabel and Vianne. But it is hard to tell because he had ju- we had just seen him kind of flip a switch when this happened. Um, we just saw him start turning into this more animalistic creature when he was starting to get desperate. So it is hard to say whether or not he would have turned them in. But it does make me sad that he died. Um... Just knowing that he had a family and he was a pretty good guy. Um, I don't know. I, I I felt very conflicted about that one. 
Um, it seems like you guys were kind of conflicted on Instagram too. Some of you were saying that he definitely would have been reported. He definitely would have reported them. Um, some of you were saying I think he probably would have continued to protect VN because that's what he had been doing and he was kind of a rebel in his own way. Um, I don't know. I, I, I understand in, in the terms of the story why he had to die because we needed to show the change in Vianne. We needed to show the desperation from both Isabel and Vianne. And I think that was definitely a turning point in Vianne and Isabel's relationship. And we saw the, the extreme of how far Vianne is willing to go to protect her family and protect the ones that she loves and to protect Isabel. So I think it was really important scene and a really, I, I understand why um, Kristen Hanna put it in there. I, it just makes me sad, <laughs> um, especially knowing who came after him as well. But again, it all just rounds out the story and makes it, I don't know if we're believable is the word but it I feel like it makes it just show how awful the war was and the kind of desperation that was involved with those war times so that leads me to the horrific situation that came after Captain Beck quote-unquote disappeared um I definitely cannot pronounce any part of any of what he was called so I'm gonna call him the awful Nazi guy who billeted with Vianne after Captain Beck died I again I hate that Captain Beck died because then this awful Nazi guy came in um, but also I understand the parts of why that part of the story needed to be included because even though he did unspeakable awful things to Vienne um, and it did end up in a pregnancy I, I get why that baby needed to be born I understand why Jillian needed to be born and I think that the way that it was handled is really her only option. I feel like it was the only way that she could have handled it. Um, I do, I do hate that Sophie knew what was going on and that she was old enough to know what was going on. But once they, the war was over and everybody moved out and Antoine came home, and Vianne realized that she was pregnant. I understand why, as Antoine said, they had to choose to see the miracle. Um, because what else are they going to do? You know, I can only imagine how differently that story could have gone if she had told Antoine. I mean, obviously, I think he had an idea, but. I think he was glad not to actually know what was going on. I think Vianne was 
happy in a way to not have to have that conversation and that they were all able to use that as a fresh start. So I do think all of the puzzle pieces make sense. Captain Beck had to die, the awful Nazi guy had to move in, and the baby had to be born because it all makes sense. You know, it's not ideal, but that's kind of how life is, you know? Looking at it in the moment, you feel like you're going through the depths of hell. And this was the depths of hell. But life keeps moving and things keep happening and you kind of survive. That's that's the whole theme of this book, I think, is you move forward and you survive. And once you survive you get a fresh start and that is exactly what baby Julian brought to this family so I think that that part of the story was super important and critical to everybody moving past the war. So I'm going to switch over to Isabel's story and one of the points that I mentioned on Instagram with Isabel and Gates love story and how it all kind of manifested and um, again one of those things that because she had been shot by Captain Beck she and Gate were allowed to have their moment that their love story moment even though it was only a couple weeks she was on bed rest and she was able to just be normal for a little while, just be a 22-year-old girl who was in love with a boy and forget that there was a war going on. And she experienced an entire lifetime of love in those two weeks, I think. Um, I think that that was a really important piece of the story, too, because it, it made us remember that these are just young people who got caught up in a war. You know, they fall in love and think about the future and think about how they might not have a future because of this war. And I think that was a critical part of the story to kind of round out Isabel's life and round out who she was and who she might have been had the war not been going on. Um, but I think it was a really nice part of the story to just take a breather and have it not be so daunting and desperate the whole time and I think they needed I think the characters needed that too because of all the things that they had been going through they needed that time together to just unwind and be human and be young and be in love and I think that when Isabel got to the end of her life and she said that her life, she told Vianne that her life had been enough, I think that was an important factor in her feeling that way. She had felt love. She had felt love toward someone and she had felt that love back toward her. And so I think that really rounded out her character and made her feel like she had 
indeed lived a full life, even though she was only 22 by the end of the story. And while Gate was her first real romantic love, she finally experienced love from her father as well when she had been tortured and he showed up and confessed as being the nightingale and kind of took the fall for her. I think in that moment she felt love from her father for the first time as well. She realized how important she actually was to him and that he was willing to sacrifice her love for him, his, his life for her. So that was a huge moment for her too. I think that, um, you know, she felt love from Gate in the romantic sense and then she finally felt love from her father. And I just feel like all of those factors and and knowing realizing over time too that that love from her sister was there that she didn't think was there it was all of these factors that she had convinced herself that she was unlovable and that no one was ever going to love her and no one who was supposed to love her was going to love her and that all came to a head and she had she was forced to realize that she was loved and again, I think that was a huge part of her feeling like she had lived a full life. She finally got answers. And she finally felt what she had been yearning to feel her entire life. And that kind of, that was it for her. That was all she had ever wanted. All she had ever wanted was to feel accomplished and to feel loved. And she saved hundreds of people's lives and she finally felt love from Gate and her father and Vianne and that was that was it that's all she needed but that also helped her in her toughest times I think because she had felt those loves before she got caught um, or as she was getting caught and then before she got transferred to the concentration camp I think realizing that she had those loves in her life was what kept her going. I think that was the only reason she kept going. I think the timing of everything, again, was impeccable. Um, Those two weeks that she spent with Gate and the fact that her father had just sacrificed himself for her, she was finally realizing that there was something in her that other people wanted and that she was lovable and there was something worth fighting for. And so I think that love that she finally felt was what kept her alive in that concentration camp. Um, I, I truly think that's the only reason that she made it home was to see the people that she loved and to see the people who loved her again. So when she got sick after making it home from the concentration camp, she did go through it was really difficult to watch that she had gone through the depths of hell of days of torture and seeing her father be shot and taking the blame for her knowing that it would have been her and then surviving a concentration camp which we know is one of the worst things that has ever happened in human history surviving all of those things just to feel 
just to see the people that she loved was what made her story. It, it's what made her it's what made her story complete. And so seeing her get sick at the end of it, it it sucked. <laughs> like it was not it was really hard to be like, holy crap, you made it through all of that and now you get sick when you're at home and this is how it's going to end and I can't believe that you made it through all of that and this is how it ends. That's how I felt. But I get it. I get why that's how it ended. Because she had to make it home. She had to make it home to see the people that she loved one more time. Because she hadn't gotten to see them knowing that they loved her for very long. And so having all of that sink in, she needed to see them one more time. She needed to be with the people that she loved. She needed to be with the people who loved her. And once she survived and once she made it home with them, she was at peace again. She, she lived to see them one more time. And she died in the arms of the man that she loved. And as hard as that was as a reader, and I'm sure as hard as it was on Gate and Vianne, it makes sense for her story. She lived an entire lifetime. She changed more lives than most of us will ever dream of. It saved more lives than most of us will ever dream of saving. And she loved, and she was loved, and that was it. That was her story. And I'm so glad that the elderly version of Vianne went to Paris to remember her sister's story and to glorify her honor because I think that was the right thing to do, honestly. Her sister was truly a war hero. She was, she was incredible and she sacrificed her, her life to protect her beliefs and to defend her country and to stand up for the people that she loved and the fact that they were honoring her and that Vianne followed through and went to that um, award ceremony was really the just the piece that tied it all together and, and completed Isabel's life again so many years after she had already died and it, it truly made her a legacy. Um, but I think Vianne was also a legacy in her own right, so I'm glad that she went for herself too um, because she did kind of put put um, what she had done on the back burner and downplayed it, and I think that she deserved the recognition too because there were many children who lived on to have their own families and have their own future because of Vianne. So, uh, again, I said it at the beginning, but I, I feel like that award ceremony in Paris was a critical part of the story to recognize this was a big deal. Like, both of those sisters changed so many lives, 
And this was a big deal. And I know it's fiction, but I'm sure that things like this happened all the time during World War II because what else were they going to do, you know? The women that were left behind, they either had to, they had to survive somehow. And I'm sure a lot of them couldn't sit by idly. And so I'm sure that while this is fiction, it's based on a lot of true stories. So I hope you guys liked this book as much as I did. Based on your feedback, I think you did. I got a lot of great feedback on this book. Um, I'll be honest, it, I think I said it in the first podcast, but this is not my genre. Historical fiction is not my thing. Um, I am super excited for June's book, The Perfect Mother, because that's more of my forte. But, and the funny thing is, I closed that book thinking, oh, well, I really liked that story, but I don't know that it's going to change me. I don't know that it's going to really leave an, a lasting impact on me. And then about... Five minutes later, I realized I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then about three hours later, I realized I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then about ten hours later, I realized I couldn't stop thinking about it. I kept replaying that story in my head over and over again. And I could have sworn that it didn't change me that much, but the fact that I have been dwelling on this book for so long, it clearly has. And... I will say I'm super excited that this is going to be a movie because the imagery that Chris and Hannah wrote the story in is already so profound that I can only imagine what they're going to do on a movie set. I think it's going to be super impactful. Um, hopefully they don't butcher it too much, although we know that the books are always better. But I think it's also going to make people realize just how awful this war was. Um, I was thinking back to a trip that I had taken after college, and I was in France, and I remember walking down Rue Victor Hugo and being told, I was on a tour, and being told of the stories, and it just not sinking in. I just remember like, oh, that sounds awful, but not really sinking in, even though I was there, but seeing the fact that that road was in this story and then seeing the imagery that she wrote it in and uh, it just, it gives me chill bumps because I was there and I didn't, I didn't understand. So having a novel like this and, and a, a future movie like this, I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes to just how awful this was and how important it is that we learn from it because no one saw it coming, you know? Like, how can... It's like when Rachel turned the list over to Captain Beck. Like, she didn't think anything of it because there was no precedence for this. There was no reason to think that anything so horrific would ever happen. I mean, it was just out of the realm of possibility. But we know now that it's not out of the realm of possibility. And we have to be vigilant in protecting ourselves and our community and our neighbors and 
and fighting for what's right and what makes sense because if we don't learn from the past, we're bound to repeat it. Um, hopefully, of course, that never happens, but I think stories like this are important to get out to show this is where we're coming from, and it was not that long ago, so we got to keep on top of it and keep being kind to one another. So thank you guys so much for joining me for this first book club book. I know that none of this has been perfect or all that smooth, but at least not from my perspective, but I am really excited to be doing it. I'm really happy to be doing it. I loved that book. It definitely has placed itself in my heart. Um, and I love that you guys keep chatting me, chatting with me about it. I am excited to read The Perfect Mother. Um, we're switching gears a little bit to more of a modern day mystery and a little bit shorter of a book, but I think we're probably going to blast through this one. Um, <clears throat> but keep an eye on everything on Instagram at Teachers Books Wine. And I will be posting discussion questions for The Perfect Mother on uh, for the first part of the episode in a couple weeks. So keep an eye over on Instagram so that you guys can participate in the discussion for the first part of The Perfect Mother. And I will see you for the next episode on the 15th of June. Bye, everybody.